Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Welcome to another outstanding interview. I'm, I, in fact, this is outstanding. Will now be defined by this interview. This is probably the I, at least the third time I've got to interview somebody who's so important in my life. I mean, just a huge, hugely influential person. Before he even knew it, before I knew him, I read this book called The Go-Giver, and I, I, I did a little video today, and I ranked it right up there with Think and Grow Rich and a couple others, which really are foundational in, in success and mindset, both in your personal life and business, and later got to meet Bob, and, and, and today I call him a good friend of mine, and it's just an honor to introduce Bob and before I bring him on and make him blush, at least uh, virtually, I'm going to read his very fine introduction. In the best-selling business parable, The Go-Giver, and then their follow-up, The Go-Giver Leader, Bob Berg and John David Mann challenged the conventional wisdom about success. Now they're back with a brand new, equally compelling story about the power of genuine influence in business and beyond. The Go-Giver Influencer is a little story about a most persuasive idea tackles the paradox of achieving what you want by focusing on the other person's interests. No, no, really not in a way that is uh, self-sacrificial, but in such a way that all parties benefit greatly. The results in both immediate and long-term success. Bob Berg speaks all over the world on topics related to the go-giver as well as what he calls genuine influence. While his book sales total over a million copies, I am green with envy as I read that. His and, and uh, man's original book has itself sold over 700,000 copies and has spurred an international movement. So this new book the Go-Giver Influencer, which is actually live now as Bob and I are doing the call. So you're hearing this, you should be getting it. It just might be their most important book of all. Probably the highest, uh, highest honor I've had is Bob has actually spoken at my Dream Business Academy and I'm just thrilled to death to have him back on my program. How are you, Bob? Hey, I'm great, Jim. And just please, please know how much that kind introduction and your, your amazing words means to me because you're one of my heroes, both business heroes and life heroes. And uh, so to, to know you feel that way just really means a lot to me. Very special. Well, thank you. And we both share a, uh, a love of rescue and, and pets and, and yeah. things like that. And Absolutely. So, well, our, our old rescue dog here, Blue, was not, was not happy with me yesterday. We were out in the ocean bobbing around and the poor guy got sick. I don't think he knows Aww. what's, he doesn't know what's happening. He just wants to be with us. And he's like, oh, and of course, you can, you can only read his face and his eyes, which makes me want to weep when I see oh, the poor little guy. Yeah. But you know what? From, from, he was, as you know, he was uh, tied up on a chain in the backyard for two years before we got him. That's so he's right. life, he's living life pretty yeah. large right now. I'm so. sure he is. Absolutely. So, Bob, your book, as I said, I mean, the, the original Go-Giver, I mean, it just ranks up there on, on the must-reads for every entrepreneur and small business owner. So, you. here you are now with another book, The Go-Giver Influencer. I was wondering, is it Influencer? Influencer? I guess, depending on the part of the country you're from. One of them sounds kind of like the flu. 
<laughs> I know, right? How, however you pronounce that. So what is with influence? I mean, what's, what's so important about that? Well, yeah, I remember John uh, Maxwell, the great leadership uh, coach and speaker, practitioner, saying that, that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. But he also said something else that's less quoted, but that I also love. He said, influence is everything. Uh, now, it, obviously, that's in context. I mean, breathing is important, too, and other things. So uh, it may not be everything in the literal context. But in the context of success, influence is everything. Because let's face it, you can have practically all the attributes of an ultra-successful person. I mean, you can be um, very talented and of extremely high character. You can be ambitious, kind charitable, hardworking, thrifty, and energetic. You can have a knack for numbers and a head for business. You can be even-tempered and creative and much, much more. And all that's great. It's terrific, Jim. However, unless you can influence others, move people to the, the desired and appropriate action, your chances for achieving that stratospheric type of success is, is somewhat limited. On the other hand, <laughs> uh, when, when combining benevolent intent and a learned skill set, you can find yourself uh, attaining satisfaction both personally and professionally and doing so in such a way, and here's the key, that everyone comes away better off than they were before. That's really what influence allows us to do. Yeah. You know, and sometimes what I call the icky world of business and marketing and things like that. Um, what's really important, I think, is, as you said, nobody's going to be moved to do business with you or want to do business with you. And first of all, unless they feel that you're genuine, you have something to, to teach them. And I think some people say they have a lot to teach and they don't, which is the icky part. But it, the influence part is really, I mean, that really is a foundation of connecting with other people, right? I mean, we can influence people. There was an old expression I heard many, many years ago, probably in church. It was like, you may be the only Bible some people ever read. So it's how mm. people see how you live your life. Yeah. I mean, that is a form of influence. So again, this is not simply just talking about business and how do we influence people to buy stuff. It's yeah. how do you influence people to, to, to do good? Uh, well, I think that's a great point. And uh, one thing we say is that uh, what you have to give, you offer least of all through what you say. Now, what you say is important. We do need to speak to people in a way that's, that's with kindness, with tact, diplomacy, and in a way that's still effective. What you say is important. More important is, is what you do. But most important is who you are. And I think that's really what you're alluding to, <laughs> you know, and, and who you are is really, it's your character. And when we know people of high character, when we think of people of high character, we think of them as people who, while they'll be flexible in terms of strategy, when it comes to those values-based decisions, they are immovable, immutable, and unchangeable. And that's one reason why we trust them. We may not always agree with them, but we trust them. And they know, we know that they have our best interest at heart because that's simply how they are. It's who they are. Yeah. I want to dive into the book, but I have to ask you like a 
writer to writer question. I'm interested in the behind the scenes with, with you and John David Mann, how you guys write these books. So and one of the reasons your books, I think, are just a, such a touchstone for a lot of people is they're fun to read, they're short, they're entertaining. And yet when you can teach somebody something in an entertaining fashion, I believe, that's why you know I, I, I try and rely on humor to some degree, because when you get somebody laughing, you can teach them something. Well, it's the same way in storytelling. So my question to you, Bob, and you don't have to reveal it, but who's the storyteller and who is the, who is the, um, the person with, I don't, gosh, I don't know how to say who, with the brains, but the strategies, philosophy, which are you both storytellers? Are you the businessman and he helps tell the story? Do you know what I'm trying to ask here? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great question. Here's what it is. John is the lead storyteller. He is the lead writer. Uh, he's brilliant. Okay. I'm a how-to guy. I'm okay. step one, step two, step three. Now, that's not to say John isn't great with the how-to stuff as well, but he happens to be a fantastic storyteller. So, uh, you know, he, th there's no question. And, and, you know, people have said to me, how do you, you know, how do you write a book that, you know, sells so many blah, blah, blah. So first thing you do is find John David Mann. <laughs> and try and get him to take your call. Try to get him to you know, to write it with you. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, the, no, there, there's no question. He is the uh, he he is the lead writer. Well, the great thing about your books, again, they're so engaging because they are stories, and you instantly get to know the characters. So, in the story in this book, Gillian Waters and, and Jackson Hill are ambitious young business people in the midst of negotiating a business deal that could make or break both of their careers and they each individually encounter, you know, unlikely mentors who guide them to a radically different yet surprisingly effective ways of achieving their goals. I think I'm saying that correctly. And by finding common ground where there appears to be only an, an irreconcilable conflict. So how, how did that whole, is that like the genesis of bringing people in and then that's the, is, uh, let me stop talking. You take it from there. <laughs> Oh, no, I think you set that up great because we see this quite often. And if you recall in the story, Jim, uh, each of the protagonists, okay, um, each had something that the other wanted, needed, and desired. So you would think it would have been a marriage made in heaven in terms of business, okay? But it turned out to be anything but that. In fact, every conversation or transaction they had with one another seemed to bring them further apart. And both of them were so frustrated, they just couldn't even imagine where this other person was coming from. And this is all too common because as human beings, let's face it, we are self-interested individuals, right? <laughs> and you know, understand learning to think of others is a, is a skill set and we have to know why it's so important. You, you've heard me say before that nobody's gonna buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Uh, they're not gonna buy from you because you need the money and they're not even gonna buy from you because you are a really nice person because both of the two characters are really nice people. No, they're gonna do business with you, buy from you, what have you, because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And what this does is it, it puts the onus on the communicator, on the influencer, if you will, to be able to take their focus off of themselves, move from that I focus or me focus onto that other focus. And neither of the two were doing that. Hmm. So influence, again, kind of falling back into the marketer and, and the business side of things. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people view influence 
like some sort of clever manipulation or maybe it's a mind game that you're playing with others in order to to get what you want but and truthfully what i said there are some icky people but that's really not what this is about no well influence itself is a um a principle it's a universal law or principle it just simply is it's it's neither good nor bad by its nature it's it's how we utilize it it's the same with gravity a physical law of nature gravity as you know gravity is a thing right it's a law it one here on earth gravity works now is that good or bad well it depends it manifests itself as good when it keeps us from floating aimlessly up into space it manifests itself as bad when we walk off a seven-story building okay it's the same with the influence to influence on, on a very, very basic level, influence simply means the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. Now, when doing it correctly, I don't believe that that's the essence of influence. I believe the essence of influence is gentle pull as opposed to push. But let's look at the two types of influence, one which is negative and one which is positive. There is manipulation, right? That's control, it's force, it's uh, fraud, it's, it's, it's those yucky things that you were talking about. And then there is persuasion, which is mutually beneficial, it's benevolent. One could influence either way, but I would say there's a, a big reason, there are two reasons to persuade rather than manipulate. And I think the difference between the two was was illustrated beautifully in a book that was published in 1987 by uh, uh, and it was written by Dr. Paul W. Sweats. And what he said, and I, I love this explanation. He said, manipulation aims at control, not cooperation. It results in a win-lose situation. It does not consider the good of the other party. In direct contrast to the manipulator, the persuader always seeks to enhance the self-esteem and the situation of the other party, okay? So we, we first have a big difference being intent. While a, a manipulator might not necessarily be desirous of hurting another person, if that's what it takes to get them what they want, they will do so. It's all about them. They're very, they're totally eye focused. With a persuader, that can never happen. Because for a persuader to feel good about the situation, they have to know that you feel good about the situation as well for legitimate reasons. So this is why we say a manipulator can have employees, but they can never have a team. They can make the sale, but very rarely have repeat customers or satisfied customers. And never really will they have referral customers. Um, and a manipulator can have a, a family who they love and who loves them, but very rarely a, a happy, functional family. So while a manipulator can sometimes uh, get instantaneous results, it's not sustainable. On the other hand, a persuader can receive both immediate results and long-term sustainable results. That's a really, that's really well said. I mean, I've been in business since 2001, so I've seen people have meteoric rise and then you know what? They're gone <clears throat> two years later because they were probably very, very good at manipulation and closing right. sales, but then you have to deliver the goods and if you don't, you're done. So it really is about the long-term relationship. So Bob, walk us through the five secrets of, of genuine influence, if you would. 
Sure. The first one is to master your emotions. And this is so important. It's really where it all begins because it's only when we can control our own emotions that we're even in a position to take an otherwise potentially negative situation or person and turn it into a win for everyone involved. Now we know this, however, uh, how often do we allow ourselves based on what someone else says or does to allow our emotional hot buttons to be pushed and, and we become frustrated or defensive or angry, right? And we, we take we say or do the exact opposite of what's productive. Well, why do we do this? If we know better, because we're human beings. And as human beings, we're emotional creatures. It's how we're built. We'd like to think we're logical, and to a certain extent, of course, we are, but we're pretty emotionally driven. We make major decisions based on emotion, and we back up those emotional decisions with logic. We rationalize. And you know, Jim, if we break up the word rationalize, it simply means we tell ourselves rational lies. And so when we do this, it's, it's so counterproductive. So what we need to do is not, not try to um, uh, give up on our emotions, not forego our emotions, not deny our emotions. First, to do that wouldn't be logical because we're emotional creatures, uh, but it's also not necessary. Emotions are a wonderful part of life. They bring us joy. They make life worth living. No, what we need to do is simply make sure we are the master of our emotions and re we rule them rather than our emotions being our masters and ruling us. Uh, or as my great friend Dondi Scumachi puts it, by all means, take your emotions along for the ride, but make sure you are driving the car. Mm. In other words, take them with us, enjoy them, uh, counsel with them because, hey, our emotions give us good information about things, but the actual decision that we make needs to be based on logic and the logical part of our brain, not our emotions, if we want to increase the odds of having the right outcomes. Well said. Now, the second one is to step into the person, other person's shoes. Now, we've all heard this before, and it sounds pretty simple. However, it may not be so easy to do because most of us have different size feet. In other words, we come at the world from different points of view, different belief systems, right? We see the world differently in our own unique ways based on upbringing, environment, schooling, you know, newspapers, television, movies, popular culture, cultural more, you know, we each have a different view. And conflict is typically the result of two or more people seeing the same thing from diametrically opposed or at least different enough viewpoints. So, and this is what was happening with, uh, with our two protagonists. So what we need to do is we need to be able to, to learn what they're thinking, actually get inside their head in a benevolent way. And we do this, Jim, simply by listening, by asking questions, but not just listening, as one of the mentors, George, told Jillian, he said, don't just listen with your ears, listen with your posture, listen with the back of your neck. <laughs> what does that mean? It means we listen with our entire being. We actually, and, and feel yourself next time you're in a conversation, and maybe practice this with someone with whom you're comfortable at first because it's a different feeling, but you'll soon get hooked on it. Actually kind of feel yourself listening with the back of your neck. It, it 
really brings you into focus. Now, what happens is not only do we have a better understanding of their needs, wants, and desires, and isn't that what selling is? Discovering what the other person needs, wants, and desires and helping them to get it. Not only do we have a much better understanding from their point of view, but they feel listened to. They know they've been listened to. They know you're doing your best to get into their world and they're much more responsive to you. It, can, can, I want to step in and tell just a quick funny story here, but I've been married 38 years in about two weeks. And, wow, um, congratulations. <laughs> and it's fair to say I was not a good listener. I'm going to condense this down. But so in the early years of our marriage, when Stephanie would come home uh, and start telling me about her day, I would, li- I would still have the TV on. I'd be looking at the TV and I'd be sort of listening, say, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then that blew up. And so next thing phase, maybe in my 30s, I, I got smart enough and I muted the TV <laughs> so I could actually hear her better. And then later on, this is back when we had the house, then later on when she'd come home, I would, I'd hear the car door. I'd turn the TV off and I would sit in a chair and look at her mm-hmm. and actually listen. Now, I'm being humorous because I'm a little bit of an adult in my early years, but it really, I mean, you, there really is a lot to listening to somebody. I mean, it is, you yeah. really have to choose to focus on that conversation. That's a great point. You do choose to focus. It is a choice. It is a choice. And most people really don't make that choice. And even when they do, it's not a complete choice, right? So yes, by, by all means, look, look at it as, as much more than, you know, stepping into the other person's shoes, look at it as much more than a trite saying. First, understand why it can be difficult and then what it takes to, to make it doable. That, and you know what, Bob, that is doing the hard work that successful people do. So many people want to take the shortcut, right? Oh, 30 seconds later, I understand what you need. Here's the solution. But you know, the people that really do well, I think business in general, it falls on the back of relationships, whether you're a product or service related business, it is hundred percent about relationships. That's why I think, you know, point two, step into the other person's shoes is so powerful. Well, thank you. And, you know, I I agree with you. I know you and I both have the, you know, we both operate from the same basic uh, premises. And so, um, so the third secret, which I say secret, you know, we say secret, they're really not secrets, but (laughs) is um, to set the proper frame or reset uh, an already negative frame. And this gym is so important. The frame is the thing (laughs) because if you set the proper frame or reset it so that it's proper, you're 80 to 90% there. What is a frame? Well, a frame is the foundation from which everything else transpires. My, my favorite story about a wonderfully set frame. I don't know how often I've told this story, but it remains my favorite to this day. Uh, I was at a Dunkin' Donuts restaurant enjoying a book and drinking my coffee. And there was a little boy, toddler, two, two and a half, three years old, I guess. And he was running around the restaurant and his parents called him back over to the table. And he started to walk back. And as he did, he, he slipped or he fell on the floor. Now, he, he didn't hurt himself, but you could tell he was shocked. I mean, he did not expect this. So what did he do? Well. The first thing, immediately, he looks at the two people in his life he trusts the most, his mom and dad. Why? 
He wanted to get their interpretation of the event. What happened happened. He wanted to know what happens next. I truly believe that had his parents gotten upset, gotten panicky, uh, rushed over, oh no, are you okay? He would have started to cry. Right. But the mom and dad just, and I'm sure you and Stephanie would have done the exact same thing with, with your kids. Uh, they, they walked over calmly. There was a, a, an, a, a nice energy about them. They smiled. Uh, they, they applauded. They laughed. Oh, how fun. What a great trick. Right. And the little boy started to laugh. Now what the parents did, and this is so important. They set a productive frame from which he could operate. Mm. And we can do that in any conversation, any situation, any scenario. It can be as simple as an inside out from the heart smile or a nice handshake while we look, you know, look at the person and they, they know that we're, we're glad to meet them and have this, this conversation with them. It could be that you're talking to some people, Jim, and a person walks into the room and you can tell they want to join the conversation. So what do you do? You kind of open up your body language, which creates the frame of welcome. Okay. That's the easy part. But what about when, an, when a frame has already been set that makes it a little more difficult? Um, you need to see the supervisor because the, the front desk person is not able to help you. Either he's not equipped or he just doesn't care to or what have you. You're nice, you're polite, but nothing's going to happen. And you, you pleasantly ask to see the supervisor whose name is Mr. Jones. Now you hope he goes back and says, hey, Mr. Jones, there's a really nice person out there who needs to see you. But he probably just says there's a customer with a problem. Now, uh, let's look at Mr. Jones probably, you know, has been in his job for 10 years, probably hates it and deals with complaining customers 10 times a day. So his frame is, yeah. is that he comes out there, you know, hey, he's got to be polite, but he's ready to cite the rule book. And he's kind of expecting a knockdown drag out fight, which is usually what he gets, right? But you're different. Uh, you have a smile on your face. You have your hand outstretched as you walk toward him. Uh, and you say something like, uh, hi, Mr. Jones, Jim Palmer. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to see me. I know you're very busy. Boom. You have now just reset this frame from one of two adversaries trying to, you know, outgun each other to two allies who are simply looking for the best solution. You have now become the type of customer who he wants to please. Very, very important. Bob, we got about five minutes left. I'm hoping we can get to the, get to the next two, at least in an abbreviated form. Absolutely. Uh, the next one is to communicate with tact and empathy. Uh, and you and, I, you and I have discussed this before. My dad has always defined tact as the, as the language of strength. And you know, I see tact as a way of being able to have a difficult conversation with someone when we have to, which is part of the real world. Sometimes we need to correct or critique or constructively criticize or show someone a better way of doing this. Well, what tact allows us to do is to communicate this message in such a way that the other person, rather than being defensive toward us and resistant to our idea, they are more accepting of us and more open to our ideas. Empathy which is just resonating with this person on an emotional level makes that easier to do. And then there's let go of number five is let go of having to be right. Now, 
This does not mean you don't care about being right or that you're going to give up or it. No, not at all. It simply means you're letting go of your attachment to having to be right. Paradoxically, this does not make you less influential. It makes you more influential. Why? Because when you let go of your attachment to being right, you go into learner's mode. So rather than getting tripped up by that unconscious confirmation bias where everything you hear either supports what you already think you know or you simply ignore it, this allows you to take in information which actually makes you more knowledgeable. And when this other person sees you doing this and they can sense that you're not just looking to win at all costs and defeat them, but you're searching for truth, they're much more likely to let go of their defensiveness and join you in that. Awesome. Just good stuff, man. All right. What's number five? That was it. The number four oh, was stack and empathy. Number five was uh, let go of having to be right. That was my, I apologize. I didn't uh, clarify that. Oh man. I was, I was, yeah, I thought it, I thought it rolled. Cause I was, I was looking at my notes. I thought, Oh man, that I just miss Bob saying here's number five. <laughs> Uh, me trying to be a good host and listen and listener at the same time. No, that was my fault. I was a bit, I was a bit for a communicator. I was a bit confusing. <laughs> so Bob, I know the book's available on Amazon. Um, do you also sell it at your website? Do you prefer people to go one place or the other or just, no, get? you know, we don't sell it at the website, but what we do is we give two chapters, uh, so that people can see first if they like it. So if they go to the gogiver.com without the hyphen, the gogiver.com and click on the uh, purple cover, it will take them to the page where they can get the first two chapters for free and see if they like it. And if they do, they can click through to Amazon or we give them a few other options of bookstores to uh, get it from as well. That's so awesome, folks. I mean, there are, there are a few books and I actually don't know how much this is. It's probably 20 bucks. Is it 20 bucks? 25 bucks? 15? Yeah, I think the, the regular price is 25 and then Amazon usually does a, a discount, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a book and you've already heard just in probably the last 28, 30 minutes or so, some of the stuff Bob shared in an interview that you're already going, oh my God, I'm going to use that. This, this could really help. This is a book you want to, and I'm betting, I'm betting the average person can read this book in one or two nights. It's a really good, quick read. It's entertaining. It's one of those books that you're not going to be able to go to bed because you want to see what happens next, yeah. but you're actually going to learn something that will help you in your personal life and in your business life. And um, I just want everybody that's listening to Dream Business Radio uh, and wherever else I'm sharing this interview, I want you to go get Bob's book. Bob, you are a, you're a scholar and a gentleman. And um, I'm, so, I'm so thrilled you came on the, came on the uh, interview today. Thank you so much. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jim. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with uh, my great friend Bob Berg on his latest book that he is uh, co-authored with John David Mann. Uh, remember, connect with me at Build Your Dream Business Now. That is my free Facebook group. We're over 400 members, which astounds me. But, um, you know, connect with us there. I, I do free training, answering your questions. You can interact with me. It's the one place where you can actually get me and I'll respond to you in a pretty quick fashion. Build Your Dream Business Now in Facebook. The handy dandy link is Dream Biz Group dreambizgroup.com. Until next week, another great interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. 
Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.